0: Welcome to another episode of the work in progress podcast brought to you by work nicer. On this episode, Alex and Ernie sit down with Sonia Sharp. She's running for council in ward one. Take a listen. Hey everybody. um, We're here with another episode of the work in progress podcast. Uh, My name is Alex. This is a special series. Uh, I'm sitting down here with my good friend, Ernie Sue and, uh, and a very special guest sonia ernie why don't you introduce yourself
1: first yeah ernie sue from the Alberta hospitality association as well as owner of Trolley five community brew pub and we're pumped man uh sonia sharp uh, run our one of our first counselors that we're interviewing here or yeah. people running for counselor i paul i apologize uh for ward one uh sonia why don't we talk about the bracket Where, where what are the boundaries of ward one so that everyone's aware out there when we we get this out
2: okay well good morning thank you for having me um, I'm Sonia Sharp. I'm running for Ward one City Councillor um, so we're looking at about 10 communities in Ward 1 we're going from varsity scenic acre Silver Springs Royal Oak Rocky Ridge um, Bonas, Tuscany Crestmont Valley Ridge so it's quite large um, area um, and it's incredible I've spoken to I like to say doors because there's more people standing at the door sometimes it's almost 2200 doors since oh august my 10th wow uh myself 20, you've,
1: you've knocked on 2200 and i've
2: spoken to 2200 uh, i called the people at the door so 2200 doors since august 10th that's when i started door knocking and my team themselves have dropped over 10,000 pamphlets um, as of august 10th and so we're coming right down to the last couple days we're going strong right till monday and um not letting off the gas because that's not my style
0: wow i i used to knock doors like Professionally, like for a living, I Mm -hmm. knocked doors for 10 years selling stuff, and uh, I can attest like 2,200 doors. (laughs) For anybody who doesn't have context, that is a crap load of doors. So, Well,
1: you're talking about 2,200 doors. You're probably talking minimum 15 minutes per person, per per door. Yeah, Yeah. sometimes,
2: you know, you got five. It's a quick conversation, just introducing yourself. Sometimes you're 15, 20, sometimes half an hour. And the thing is, is when you have a half an hour conversation with somebody, you know that person's going to have a conversation with someone that you may not, like, may not was able to, like, reach that night. Um, And I think that's really important. And, And I'm, yeah, I... I'm doing, I've done double days where I'm doing door knocking during the day and night, and it's been amazing. Um, the exercise has been phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to complain about that, uh, especially with like the twenty Getting
1: the steps in. Well,
2: the twenty-two months like twenty months, where you're sitting at home in front of a computer. Yeah. Um, I feel like honestly, like I'm alive
1: again,
0: and this yeah. has been really. You got a great
1: vibrancy. I, I mean, this is considering we're three days away. <laughs> yeah, three days. Away. I mean, but, but and you is just is,
0: said that you were still waking up. Yeah, like you yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: for me, I, I really wanted. Uh, I mean, everyone out there to meet you, but especially Alex, uh, you know, the business advisory committee, uh, your work ethic there. I mean, I personally was able to work with you throughout the struggles of all the restaurant and hospitality Mm -hmm. industry. And for my members, I think it's important that everyone, I mean, a lot of them have met you throughout the extended patio process. And how amazing you were. I mean, you'd be responding to me at 11 o'clock at night, midnight, 1 a.m. and then back at it, you know, responding to me at 6 a.m. So talk to me about, talk to us about the business advisory committee.
2: Sure. Well, and thanks Ernie for that. Um, so just for full disclosure, I'm no longer a city employee. I resigned in July. Um, and you know, a lot of the business advisory work just stems from my work ethic as growing up as a child Um, I grew up in an entrepreneur family and you just worked hard and knowing that business owners work all through the night um, and yeah I probably did more uh, emails in the evening than I did during the day because business owners can't always respond to those Mm -hmm. so the business advisory committee actually was created in late 2018 uh, with one of the counselors and myself and my manager at the time we wanted to create an advisory committee um, not so much like cut the red tape but you know the underlining mandate for that was to cut the red tape for the business community and alleviate time and money which is really important for the businesses and processes and really you know bring a different culture and business centric approach to working with the business community so you know we started that committee in 2018. And, you know, when you look back to everything that happened with COVID, we are so fortunate that we had a committee like this mm. to bring the businesses to the table. And we have members from all industries, um, not just like the hospitality, the energy, the oil. Um, we have, you know, industries from, you know, personal service industries like your, your your spas. It's so important to make sure you have that fulsome approach to representing um, business because every business is unique Mm -hmm. every business goes through a unique process even if you're the same sort of business so every hospitality business would go through a different process if they're opening up their restaurant or patios and you know um i i i literally count my lucky stars some days and i think back at the work we did for the 18 months Mm -hmm. um we didn't have to reinvent the wheel we had this committee we brought it to the table um you know we 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 implemented a, a task force as well that we were able to meet once a week and you're talking about business owners who are volunteering their time. Yeah. And that's really
0: important to remember. And you said late 2018, so like that's like like very serendipitous timing. Very. Right? For in considering this. Yeah, that's cool. So, I didn't understand that like I just assumed that the BAC had been around for a long time. I didn't realize that it was this new and mm-hmm. So, because um, it's come up a lot. Oh. And a lot of my friends have talked about how they are either like participating in it or whatever. And right. how it's like the, the feedback from anybody that has engaged with it seems to have been very positive, especially for something so new.
1: Well, and I think that's why it's 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 so important. That's why w- we needed to have Sonia as a guest. Right. I think it was important out there that uh, the public knows that there are some great people working at the city. And mm-hmm. Sonia was one of them. I'm, you know, I'm very blessed that that you were able to do this interview today because I think there's still a misconception of of city workers out mm-hmm. there um, but when it came to the BAC on from my industry from the hospitality those extended patios were life-saving mm-hmm. you know yeah. for so many restaurants out there um, and you, from the BAC standpoint it's great that you represented all industries but I could tell you personally from our industry it was definitely a, a lifesaver for so many of the businesses out there. Um, talk to us about... Uh,
0: Can I ask a quick question? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Sonny, so what, what was your
0: role, role with the city yeah. prior sure. to... And how many years, and, yeah. Yeah, and how did that change? So um,
2: I've been, I, I was with the city for 20 years, uh, just shy of my 20-year anniversary, actually, when I resigned. Um, I spent four years leading the business kind of portfolio, but the last two years um, that elevated, uh, right before COVID, actually, right before Christmas of... Uh, 2019. Um, the position was elevated into the city manager's office, so right at the top of the corporation, mm. and they allowed me to build a team. So I was actually by myself leading like the small business coordinator for a couple years. Um, so that's when everything elevated. But prior to that, I spent 14 years in planning and development. So I have that technical knowledge of you know process and permits and you know building and construction. And then I did actually start in parks and rec as a lifeguard. Uh, never intended to oh, actually wow. have a career like this at the city. Um, I had my own businesses, and um, you know when you're your business owner you don't pay yourself and I was I was um, actually true it is true and I actually (laughs) I went to um, you know maybe doesn't I Ernie might not even know this I went to university to become a teacher and you know Hmm. turn of events I had to come back and run the family business and uh, ran some businesses with my now husband for 16 years sold our last one in 2016 so I really understand what an entrepreneur goes through Um, and then the fact of having that ability to have that both private and public side of things, you know, maybe that perfect candidate to lead that portfolio. Um, And, you know, Ernie mentioned about great people that work at the city. Yeah, there are. And I've worked with some incredible people and um, especially, you know, during the pandemic, when you needed something, there were the right people at the table to make it happen. Mm. And we can't disregard that um, because I think we need to remember that, you know, a lot of people take their job seriously, but a public servant, that was one thing that I did. I was, I, and I declare it still today that, you know, public service is, you know, working with the public and you need to make sure that's the kind of job you want to be in when you're working with the city or as a counselor.
1: Mm. And, and, and as a public servant, I mean, this mm. comes up all the time and I mean, you're a parent, yep. you're a member of the community. but. You hear this all the time, especially being part of the BAC, that the city should be run like a business. What's your What's your response to that?
2: Um, you know, uh, I would say yes and no, right? Because obviously, you know, it's you're controlled under the MGA, so you, you, there's things you can't do that businesses can do. But there are opportunities, you know, I think that's the one thing of me leaving the city and wanting to run for council is to kind of fight the fight from the outside and Mm -hmm. change process, challenge status quo and say there are opportunities, you know, when you have inflated reserves, we need to bring those down and we need to share the wealth without in departments. Um, You know, when we talk about finances and books. These are things that need to be brought to the forefront, like you would do if you bought a new business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the one thing that the new council has in front of them in a month is that's what we're doing. We're evaluating where we're gonna be sitting as, you know, uh, evaluating our books, looking at the tax rate, the 2022 budget. These are really important things. That's what business owners do. So you can't say the that bus- city doesn't have, you know, attributes that a business owner does. It does. Um, but, you know, it's a big ship. And um, there's a lot of people, a lot of personalities. And you know, you know, people talk about change. Well, let's let's make that happen. Let's get the right people in City Hall to make those you know changes to have a different um, mindset, uh, more of a customer service type mindset too. Remember, like that's like I said, you're serving
0: customers. Yeah. That's
2: actually your job at the end of the day. it Doesn't matter where you work at the city, your customer is your that's your person number one person is your customer.
0: Yeah. Um, It's an interesting thing that you said. You said that you wanted to, or you're something along the lines of excited to leave the city and fight the fight from the outside by running for council. I think that's an interesting distinction that a lot of people probably don't realize that. Listen, like you're, like, can you speak to that? Sure, like, what's can. the difference, right? city Absolutely. worker, outside council. How does that make sense?
2: Well, you know, um, and a lot of people know me and I'm sure people that can attest to my character is I lead with conviction. So if I don't like something or I see a process that can be challenged, I'll challenge it from the inside. You can only challenge so much. And especially at my level, I only got to a certain point. Mm. Um, and, you know, I started to kind of hit that ceiling where I was like, okay, well, what better option to do is, you know, go all in, risk it. And challenge and fight from the other side. Counselors have that ability to, you know, make change, and you know, I have that unique experience. This is twenty years of city experience. Unionized? No. So I've been um, out of the union for a very long time. Um, so what people need to understand is there's certain levels that are outside the union. Anytime you start supervising, you're no longer a union employee. Generally, um, that usually is a leader level, so like an E level. Um, and then it's FGH, it goes up higher. Hmm. Um, union employees um, are part of a, you know their local they have, we have different locals that support different unions. Um, but I've been under the union I think it was like six years.
1: But you still work with them. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. actually I, I supervised union employees. So I actually had union employees under me. Right. So you learn to you know be able to work in the parameters of that. Um, fundamentally, you know your HR is really what controls all employees. So, it's something that's really important for the public to understand is um unionized employees are a segment of city hall, and management and exempt are your senior leaders and you know your uh, higher leaders, like your general managers, directors, managers, and leaders type thing.
1: Shift gears here, sure you know because you know there's always the business on the city should be run like a business. but your ward, what what improvements need to be made to your ward? What changes do you want to see happen for those communities out there?
2: Um, great cash, great question. And so, like I said, after, you know, the three months of door knocking, um, we started to see some common threads, my team and I. Um, and, you know, putting my project management hat on, I've already in my mind started to like <laughs> whiteboard what my, my goal is for my first 100 days in office. Um, the first thing that we would hear all the time was communication. Communication Mm. is so important, but not just, yeah, engagement, communication, two-way communication. So I plan on prioritizing a proper communication strategy out of the Ward 1 office. Um, I'm getting some kind of help to see what that might look like and design it. And that doesn't mean like social media. We're talking like a proper communication channel with your citizens. Citizens know best what's happening in their community. The other thing I'd like to get some answers on is, um, you know, what is administration working on? That's the forefront. So they have a lot of priorities going on. And my biggest thing is, when you have a million priorities, you're doing nothing right. Mm-hmm. So you need to hone in on what's important. And then the next question you ask is, what's the return on investment for our citizens and business community? Mm-hmm. The other thing um, that I'm really hearing that is really important in every community is the traffic safety issues in the residential areas. Mm-hmm. We have have some intersections that are deemed dangerous um, where you know gravel trucks are flipping over, people don't want to walk across the street. Children can't even play in the playground. I have those all listed. Those are going to be a priority of like I have the top three, then the other um, ones that are segmented, and I will be having those conversations with the general managers and being like, traffic safety is really important because public safety is actually one of the city of Calgary's mandates. And then, you know, advocating for the business community. I will continue doing that. You know, I would love to be the chair of the business advisory committee. I sat on there as a city manager delegate at the time, but there's other committees I'd like to sit on as well. Um, one thing that we also need to advocate for, and I'd like to plan on also bringing the mental health and addiction strategy to the forefront mm-hmm. of conversations.
1: Outstanding, yeah. And
2: the real thing is about that is, I don't know one person in the last 20 plus months that hasn't been affected mentally about from COVID. Mm-hmm. And it's actually become this, you know, this vicious circle of roller coaster ride for businesses, for citizens, for families. And no one wants to talk about the elephant in the room. And I really feel like I would like to. I would like to talk about that. I have actual personal experience of what happened to my family during COVID. And if people hear my stories and things like that, maybe I think they'll it'll shed a light on why I think it's important. And then, you know, regarding budget and taxes, like I mentioned, we have a job to do here in a month when we're elected. And one thing I want to say is I want to look at the books. I want to challenge administration on, you know, getting to zero if they can. And then you go from there. Um, I'm not going to promise, you know, any sort of, you know, decrease or freezing right now because I can't. And I don't know if I, I don't have the information to do that. And I mm. think that's something that, you know, as a counselor or a candidate running for councilor, I'm being completely honest, I can't answer that question because I have to evaluate where we are in our reserves.
1: You're talking yeah. about residential freeze right. property tax, commercial right. freeze property tax and you're just not sure yet until you get the, the data. The data, and yeah. I, you
2: know, we have a chief financial officer for a reason and she is a subject matter expert and yeah. we're going those are some tough conversations we're about to have and I think that's really important. Um, and, you know, we go from there and you know we have to also go back and think about the points about mental health and strategy the business community communities in general that whole ecosystem of what we want Calgary to be in the next four years this this council is going to shape Calgary and this is what's really important Mm
0: -hmm. I think it's important though to note too that just because you're not standing up there and promising to not freeze or reduce taxes means that you're going to right I think it's like exactly what you're saying is like you know, let's get all the information and see if we have to or not. And so, I think that's that's important for people to hear, right? Because they often are like, "Well, why won't you commit to not doing it? It means that you're going to do it." And I don't think that's what you're saying either. And so,
2: well, and I mean, think about like this year is not the year to do anything crazy, right? Yeah. Like this is like going back to thinking about what we've done, or, or what our city's been through for the last. You know, we're almost going into two years. Of uncertainty, yeah.
0: mm-hmm. and
2: we've got to be very careful here, and we've got to make sure that we incentivize businesses to move to Calgary. Um, one thing I mentioned in my my Calgary Herald questionnaire is, you know, we can't disregard the energy sector, or the oil sector, mm-hmm. but the thing is, Calgary's never been in the position where we had to fight and compete mm-hmm. for other industries to come here. Yeah, so we have got to change the narrative and if we don't what is calgary going to look like in 4 years and if we have the right people at council you know there's so many things so many great opportunities that can happen and working with the right administration
1: i'm sure you've heard it from your from your door knocking you know mm-hmm. the event center the mm-hmm. event center and the green line you know uh, yeah. how does that how does that impact your ward and your communities and you know what are your thoughts there because it's going to be asked i mean if sure. you've you probably get pounded with it in the 200 sure. tours that you've been knocking on right yeah. so
2: and I know oh, they're great questions. I think, you know, it's, it comes back to like taxes, right? Like when mm-hmm. oh, my taxes are going to X, Y, Z, what does that do for me? And, mm-hmm. and the thing with the green line is, um, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of the first phase. Um, the one thing I'm a little disappointed in is how the project's been run over the time, like the whole period, we keep getting a, a shorter like a a smaller scope and same price that's a little bit interesting (laughs) coming from the construction industry that's not how you build a house right and things like that and then the event center you know i'm not going to say that uh, something like that's going to add vibrancy to our city um, was it the right time you know the, the the actual deal that was voted on that should have been the first deal again a lot of conversations that may have not been in the forefront and the thing is when you're having so many backdoor conversations or sorry I should not say backdoor conversations transparency, my, transparency is really yeah. important because yeah. that's how you gain trust with your citizens there needs to be more conversation in the forefront you know um, confidential conversations and closed doors those are really they should be for personnel issues because you know you don't want anybody to be, you know, um, brought to the front, whether you know you're letting someone go, and all of a sudden their their reputations being down the toilet and things like that. But you've got to make sure when you're talking about people's taxes, that it has to be at the forefront of conversation. Transparency is key. I've been very transparent through my whole campaign. Um, you know, my donor list is up. I have run a very lean campaign. I that was my, I like I said, I lead with conviction. I lead with the way I'm going to lead as a counselor. Um, I ran a very lean and efficient campaign and it just attests to my character and that's just how i'm going to move forward with the decisions as well as a counselor
0: yeah mm-hmm. well and that's evidenced by the level of door knocking that you're doing too right mm-hmm. so um i'm curious if you don't mind going back for a second you talked about mental health and the addiction yep. strategy and how you want to talk about the elephant in the room is that something that you want to talk about right now
2: yeah i can talk about that i think you know um we we hide from things like that or it's a bias you're, you're, you get embarrassed to talk about it you know i 20 months i led the business community like i had a game face every day mm-hmm. every day i was online and you know you became this person that everybody just you know really relied on and i was so good like honestly i was i could do this and i you know shut the computer off and i would take a deep breath and I knew that there were days I did struggle because it's hard to hear the stories we were hearing. Um, but I did have my outlets. And another, another thing is I had such a great support system in my home. Yeah. My husband is like literally my best friend. And he would be like, you know what, you, you can only fix what you can control, Sonia, right? And I'm like, right. And you just wanted to do more and more and more. But you became this community of entrepreneurs that you know, you just listen to each other. But So I'll park that and that's you know, kind of how I dealt with I had my good coping mechanisms. But I'll tell you the one thing that no one ever wants to talk about is their children. Mm. And you think about what's happened to some of these adolescents over time in the last 20 months is the fact that they have had so many things stripped from them. You know, they, they playing sports or not playing sports. I have two kids that are very, very active. And you know, the things that were taken away from them and we couldn't control it as parents. And as a parent, you want to control everything that your child <laughs> can do. So, you know, we dealt with, you know, a 13 year old who was, you know, borderline getting depressed because he couldn't play hockey, couldn't see his friends. These things at 12, 13, actually I'll say eight years old and up, it's when it shapes a child's development side, it's really important that we talk about what does this mean for those children? What does it mean for newborns that have never played with another baby, Mm -hmm. you know? And I had that community of talking with parents and things like that. So when I'm door knocking and you you have a new mom that comes to the door and is like, my child has never seen another baby. I think about when I was a first time mom 13 years ago and think, my gosh, I think I went to every play play date (laughs) possible, right? Because you're just excited to be out. These are things that we need to talk about and we need resources and we need to talk to the province. We need their help. And this conversation is not just about strategy at this point, it needs to be actioned. Yeah. And so those are the types of things I want to talk about being the elephant in the room. I have no problem sharing stories. I you know won't use my kids names, but I think it's important and I know moms in hockey that, you know. Um, they're struggling because of the rules and, you know, the and all things sports, like that. All sports. Yeah, exactly. A, all yeah, sports. So I yeah. think it's important It's t- to talk about this because mental health and wellness is important for all of us. You know, just being outside and getting some fresh air, that's important. Going for a walk, um, but, you know, when you've got children under 18 years old, it's your responsibility as a parent to help them.
1: Yeah. So, so being in, like, this is so important to me because yeah. it's, it's hit me personally as well. On the mental health side of things, is there a budget for for resources that you can bring forward or more, you know, more tools that yeah. can be accessible for public?
2: Right now, I don't have the, the budget number in my mind. I know that there was a lot of work with some of the councillors um, in previous council about the mental health in- action strategy. Um, I think what's important is, when, like I said, the budget, we need to reevaluate where we're spending money. Is it important? Is that a priority right now to our city? Or can we be giving, shifting money and resources to things like this program and right. like these resources, um, you know, and and giving back to the community that needs this? It's it was a very apparent in the communities I knocked on. It didn't matter um, where in Ward One. I'll, I had someone in Royal Oak tell me that they were they used to be um, they used to give to a lot of the charities and a lot of the programs. Now they're recipients. So I don't think it matters where you live. You know, Um, I think it matters who you talk to. And, you know, uh, growing up in a family that worked hard to live, the most important thing for my father was always to keep the house over our heads. You know, we, we went without and that's important. And to understand is you can go without but not a roof over your head. Yeah. And that's important for a parent to always remember when they're talking about things and then you know you talk to parents at the doors and like you know just want to keep the roof over my kids heads. And so these are important conversations and we need to talk about it and not, you know, suppress them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh <laughs> that you know that's it's funny out of all the interviews we've done so far, the I mean, mental health has has been mentioned, it has not been a forefront. So that's that's really great to hear.
0: It is great to hear. And I think, you know, from a business perspective, uh, you know, for me, I've always been uh, honestly like a very mentally tough, resilient person. Mm-hmm. I could always, no matter how stressful things get, I could, I, I said my superpower was being able to just go to sleep no matter what it was. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, ever uh, over the last 18 to 24 months, I experienced what I believe to be some level of anxiety and mm-hmm. panic and to your point of having a circle or a community of entrepreneurs, I mean, that's what work nicer is all about. And I cannot imagine not having had a team or a community like this that Mm -hmm. I could be open and transparent with. And, and again, that's coming from somebody who honestly, I I don't really struggle with that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and, um, for it to hit me is like, I just look around and it's, this broke a lot
1: of people.
2: Absolutely. And And I think it's okay to admit it.
1: Yeah, our our industry too. I mean, hospitality. If it wasn't for the association, I don't think, you know, especially with all the members we have on our board across the province. Mm -hmm. And restaurant owners are tough. They're Mm -hmm. resilient. Like, I mean, we go through everything that we have to go through from kicking people out to (laughs) cleaning up messes, etc. But... Uh, this pandemic has been, you know, in in our industry, we laugh about it, but not really. We, we say it all every day. We're like, man, we thought we saw everything, you know, the flood, uh, you know, the recession, right. It's, and then now the pandemic, um, no support from government. It's, you know, mental health has been the forefront of our industry right now. You know, I think if we baseball, analogy at first base was okay we got to keep our doors open but then first base for us has really become where's everybody at are you okay mm-hmm. you know um and we have tough people on our board people that have like ran multiple businesses and we look each other in the eye and we're like man how you doing because i'm not doing very good today right. it's been tough yep. yeah yeah so i i i'm, I'm hoping that you know there's going to be some movement there on some more resources made available mm mm-hmm. Uh, not just for my industry, but for everybody yep. on the mental health side of things. And that's amazing that it is part of your platform because mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be very, very important moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, it's, it's been a long campaign. It has. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I love to bring this up cause I've got, okay. you know, we've got two, you know, really strong daughters. Like, how has it been for you? How's it is, you know, uh, being a, being a female candidate how's it how's it been
2: um you know um the gender thing never really has come up I'll be honest um uh you know I I I think what's important is people should you know vote the right person into office Mm -hmm. um and you know I, I I bring so many different qualities and you know if you look at some of the other candidates you know I am a mom with 200 kids and but I, I am resilient. I have worked my butt off, honestly, for more than 20 years of my life. This is the very first time I've been unemployed. I to, <laughs> to tell people that I, I'm unemployed, I, doesn't know that, like, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, because I, I am, right? I'm and unemployed
0: th- and I've never worked harder. Yeah, like you're really exactly. Getting, you're giving it your all. I'm yet? giving
2: it my all and all or nothing. All or nothing um, and people that know me on a personal level are not surprised, uh, you know, that I've done this in the sense of gone in and, you know, I think what's important for me is to be a role model to not just you know women and men, um, my old colleagues, my children. Is to say if you work hard, anything can happen, mm. and it's been that has been ingrained in me from my father, who's 82, who was mm. out putting up signs with me as soon as they arrived in my home. And he was my biggest fan and he still is my biggest fan waiting for Monday. He's just waiting. (laughs) Um, you know, and, uh, you know, when you have a father and, you know, there's three girls and a boy, you know, we have a big family and who has, you know, looked at his children and done everything he could. That is really important. My dad's one of my biggest role models. Right. And so, um, a lot of, my characteristics and my work ethic come from him and you know um i bounce things off of him still at 82. i said dad i got an issue what can we okay i need your help you know and things like that um and you know it's been a long campaign in the sense of it has and it hasn't you know i announced july 21st i started door knocking august 8th or august 10th hmm. and we're so close to the end and you know three days, uh, three yeah. days. and I, i'm three excited days. for the outcome i i am looking forward to get like to get going. Like yeah. I, you know, um, I, am looking forward to get, you know, like, um, you know, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not going to drink out of the, uh, the, the garden hose, maybe not the fire hose because I do <laughs> know the corporation, but you know, I have that ability to, you know, put my boots on the ground and get going on, you know, some of these big initiatives I've heard about in Ward one.
1: For important for us here, yeah. especially for the work nicer. I mean, there were over 900 members, our young talent, yes. our young entrepreneurial talent. What, what's your message to them as a, as a counselor, not just in Ward 1, but as a you know a possible counselor that's going to be yeah. part of the change, part of the rebuild.
2: I think the one thing we haven't done well is letting our young entrepreneurs at the table for decisions. Mm. I'll say that. Um, you know, uh, I like to still consider myself young, but hey, well, that's well, just a personal <laughs> personal thing. Um, but we haven't brought them to the table to make these decisions with us. We have a brain drain going on, you know, knocking on doors, like for varsity being part of Ward 1. I saw a lot of university students. Yeah. They're finishing their degree and they're out of here. You know, you've got computer science stu- uh, majors and you know, you're like, well, no, no, don't leave. But we have got to bring them to the table and have those conversations. I did a podcast also with the VP external of the University of Calgary um, Union cool. and uh, talked a lot about this. They need to be part of the, you know, the solutions we're coming up with. Mm. They are our future. So
0: how do you do that? Do you create another council committee or something? Or what do you do? Um,
2: Well, engagement. That's the first thing, right? Mm. Proper communication. And, you know, but engage with what you know, what makes them excited to be involved in the process, right? Yeah. You know, you, you, you want them, you want to have those conversations and like, where are you at in your life? What are you doing? What do you, what courses are you taking? Um, you know, why can't we come up with incentives to be like, you know, a mill, like a mini Silicon Valley here in Calgary? We talk about diversifying. Well, mm. we got to bring that knowledge to the table. There is so much talent outside of City Hall that I'm like, why are we not bringing these people to the table mm. and not making decisions based on what we think is best? How about what the community thinks the best?
1: Transparency. 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 Yeah. <laughs> of. And
0: those who elected you, right? I think it's, like you said, it's, and in a very simple descriptor, it, like you said, it's customer service. Like, customer you're, service. these are your customers. Like, it's, it's so simple. I don't know why this all gets so complicated.
2: I think we overthink a lot of things. Yeah. You know? Um, I think back when I was a lifeguard. You know that those my patrons, were my customers. You wanted yeah. to make sure your pool was safe and clean, <laughs> and they were swimming. And then right back to like you know, think a couple months ago, my business community were my customers. Yeah. I provided customer service, um, and you know if I didn't know the answer to something, you found the person that knew the answer. I love that. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm, I love that customer service and public servant. Let's yeah. talk about December 23rd, the snowfall. And how the plows were oh, not yes. <laughs> enacted onto the road? It drives Alex and I n- crazy because in this Zoom world, why can you not? No matter if you had all the councillors on vacation, in separate parts of the country, you can't get onto a 15-minute Zoom to put a vote through to get the plows on the road. I mean, this is this is the inefficiencies that are driving Calgarians crazy. What's your response to that? And how would you handle it? Like, is, okay. is the job nine to five? Is it Monday to Sunday? Like, what's your well, perception? Well, and
2: Ernie, I think you bring up a great example. Um, you know, my high-level answer to that is it's a culture problem. Um, you know, it just, it's not about removing or snow clearing. It's a culture problem. Um, and it has to be another thing that needs to be talked about the elephant in the room. No one wants to talk about it. So culture starts at the top, Yeah, that's with your counselors and your mayor. Then it's your senior leadership and it trickles down. So when senior leadership or your counselors are empowering the folks working on the roads, you're going to see better customer service you know we have got to make sure we're talking about culture as well and culture starts at the top any good private industry understands that and um, it's not always about process or time or money it's culture and you know i really hope with you know some of the candidates that i've seen running um we have you know the right people making decisions and to you know kind of challenge the senior administration to be like so what are we doing here and like you said part of the zoom call part of, this is a new culture. You know, you can be anywhere in the world and jump on a meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID taught us that. We have seen that, you know, corporations have completely moved from buildings across the world, you yeah. know, and now being on complete online to give folks, you know, that work life balance. Um, I'm sure we saw a decrease of sick, like uh, people calling in sick over like the last 20 months because people are able to kind of balance out their life, but there still needs to be accountability. People are doing work. So that's a diff that's where I'm talking about. Like the, the culture change is how do we balance what we've known for so many years so 35 plus years where everyone's got bums in the chairs to being able to trust your employees to do the job. Mm -hmm. And that comes from the right at the top. And that's going to come from the 15 members elected in on Monday.
0: Love it. I agree. I think uh, culture, we we say that on our team often. It's like we don't, you know, we have very few policies and very few rules. Uh, I think people try to solve people problems with policies rather than (laughs) just solve people problems with people. So I love that you say that. It sounds so simple. It's a culture thing, but culture is not simple. And people think that culture just happens if you get good people together and it'll just bump into each other and figure shit out but no it it, it requires intent and hard work and tough conversations mm-hmm. and buy-in and so um, it, it sounds like a simple answer I think a lot of people would say oh culture what does that mean but I think it's, it's critical and I think we've seen it um, in the in the bickering in council and what happens on Twitter and 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 right and so um, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Monday. You said you know mm-hmm. you're excited to get to work. Um, yep. I, uh, there's not a lot of polling data out there, but the stuff that is out there has you fairly substantially ahead. Um, what do you want? To, you know, anybody else who sees that in your mm-hmm. ward, you know, is there anything you want to say to people? Say, hey, sure. even though this is there, you know, what makes? What do you want to say to that?
2: Um, well I got there by hard work because I'm telling you we're, we're pounding the doors as much as we can and we're gonna keep going till you know Monday morning <laughs> um, um down, yeah. and I think also is the experience that I hold with like both private and public um, <laughs> I can hit the ground running with um, you know priorities and action I, I actioning those priorities the other thing is you know um, get out and vote mm-hmm. do mm. your research you want to be part of the problem solving, be part of the solution. Vote, mm-hmm. um, and I've been telling people, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of rumors. Don't don't take what you read on Twitter as like. <laughs> the holy grail like that's not you've got to talk to the candidates yeah and I've been telling people please like I know I'm, I'm getting inundated with emails and sometimes it's getting really hard to because I keep up and I actually answer all my own emails um, wow. but I'm telling people hey if you have like five minutes I would love to chat with you on the phone um, and I think it's really important to you know kind of park some of the noise um, one thing I've told people from the beginning of this I'm not a career politician I'm not even gonna call myself a politician I am here to do good work and I'm getting you know you get tired of hearing you know the smearing comments and things like that I'll be honest one I don't have time for it and two is I actually think that's what Calgarians don't want so I think it's important for you know voters to get out there and see what's been happening and see like research your candidates and be part of the solution by casting your vote on Monday
1: see and I know Alex we're running close on time here but right now then and I love that message you should vote after you do your research for the person that you believe that will do the best job because mm-hmm. right now the strategic voting is coming into into play like mm-hmm. the lesser of two evils like oh it's uh three you know two to three horse race you yeah know, which one well, is the lesser especially on the mayoral level yeah on the mayoral level but i even even in the wards oh like yeah the words, yep. like i i had five phone calls on the way here from um, i live in ward 8 and they're like how's the town hall which way which direction are you going and I said, well, hopefully Alex and I can get everybody on to these podcasts and you'll let you let your own mind, you make your own mind up. So I think that's an important message. I personally, as a born and raised Calgarian, would love to see the records broken on Monday for the amount of voters coming out because mm-hmm. that means a Calgarian's care.
2: Yep. And I think that's really important message because, you know, we all want change. We all want something new and we really need to look at the folks running and look for leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about council, you're talking about a chair and board of directors. You know yep. let's move the labels to the side for a second mm-hmm. and um we have got to have some serious leadership just turn the ship and i am not naive to know that's not going to happen overnight yeah. but it can happen and you know i think it's important to get out there especially the you know the younger folks really this is your time to shape our future here and um, you know, if there's any questions that people are reading about myself or my, what my team is doing, I, I, you know I ask you to email me and say, "Hey, can we jump, jump on the phone? It would be quicker in the next three days because there's lots <laughs> going on. It's your
1: favorite the phone. And my phone is the favorite because <laughs> well, you
2: know what I always say is that if someone truly wants to talk to you, they will say, yeah, let's jump on that line and let's have right. that conversation. Um, the art of conversation is also really important to me. Um, and I think, you know, you'll, you'll get the truth. I will honestly always tell you the truth. It may not always be what you want to hear, <laughs> but anyone that knows me knows I will tell them the truth.
0: I think it's amazing. I need you to teach me how to stay on top of emails. And, <laughs>
2: like, that's
0: unbelievable. So, yeah, kudos to you. I think, um, yeah, that's, that's a real talent. So. Um, I love what you said. I'm not going to call myself a politician, um, but let's talk about, tr- like, like Ernie said earlier, this is an important election. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of change happening. And typically speaking, when somebody is is elected, whether that is on a ward level or at uh, a mayoral level, they're there for a while, mm-hmm. right? From a mayoral perspective, you know, people probably are picking their mayor for the next 10 years at least, right? right? And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, don't... I think, the, uh, you know, big message is like, don't sit back. And just because polling data says, oh, yeah, I support Sonia. She's got this. Get out there and vote, oh. right? Yeah. Or if you're like, oh, she's too far ahead or whoever it is, like, mm-hmm. just make sure you do go make that decision because whatever decision is being made here is here for a while, assuming you're going to rerun again in the future or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's an important message to close with there for sure is that, you know, look at look at information and talk to the candidates. And that's important. And um, yeah, I, I'm, 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 re- I'm just excited for Monday. I'm ready to go on, move on. I'm ready to really get work done and make the impact and work with the fellow counselors. Being un mayor, being elected, mm-hmm. I think that's another big thing that we have to see here is collaboration. Um, it's been kind of lost the last you know four to eight years Um, and everyone get along you know you run your your title of your your company is amazing work nicer (laughs) that is something that probably we should start doing too is just work nicer be nice we're all human that's one thing that we can't forget here is we're all human and we're gonna make mistakes and it's okay and humility is a really big and a strong trait of leadership it's okay to admit that you did something wrong and then admit it and move on. And that was also ingrained in me as a small child. Um, my, again, going back to my dad's days and saying, you know what? It's okay. I made a mistake. Cool. Learn from it and move on and, but don't, don't, don't lie that you didn't make the mistake. And I think that's important.
1: Close right. it out here, Sonia. Like what, what do you want, uh, people in your ward and you know, the citizens of Calgary to hear, I mean, the, the last closing messages, then I mean, this is yep. why we're doing this sure. is try to get everything encapsulated into a little shorter window, uh, so that everyone can get the research done.
2: I would say Ward one citizens won't be disappointed with my leadership. Yeah. I, I will work hard. I will work for the people. I, like I said, um, I have a strong work ethic and if you don't want to talk to me about it, talk to the people that have worked with me. Um, talk to my old bosses if you need to. <laughs> um, hopefully they're nice. Um, but no, seriously, in all seriousness though, I am, I am the leader that's going to make change. Um, and I'm the leader that's going to work with the other candidates um, and counselors to help shape this future Calgary. For sure.
0: yeah. Amazing. Uh, Sonia, then what's the best, you, you said people can reach out to you, get in touch, learn yep. more about you. What's the best way and where can they go do that?
2: Perfect. So the, my website info at SoniaSharp.ca and you can, there's a submission form you can write in there. Um, and then you can email me and we can jump on the phone together. I can get your number. Um, you know, social media is great too, but I, emails are probably like, send me an email, send me your number, let's chat. Um, and then Twitter, uh, you can DM me as well.
0: Amazing. Thanks so much, Sonia. Have Thank a you. wonderful day
2: you too.